Hey friends, welcome back to the Glory Tellers podcast. This is going to be a different kind of episode. Lately, we've been talking about serving our neighbors and what that looks like to love our neighbor. And we thought, how cool would it be if we reshare our very first episode from season one with Mallory? It was the Love Thy Neighbor story. And it holds a special place in our heart because it was our first episode, but it really was a great episode just to be an example for what it can look like to physically love your neighbor, the person who is physically next door to you or just around you. So in Mallory's episode, she helps take care of a next door neighbor and we hear all about that and just how encouraging her story is. And so we're going to reshare that with you. But before that, um, Bethann and I had some conversation going recently about loving your neighbor, and we also recently interviewed Megan McManus that you heard in the fitness episode, the nutrition and fitness episode that we just aired a couple weeks ago, and Megan actually did a really good job with this in her neighborhood too, so we thought how cool would it be to kind of just talk a little bit about what it looks like to love your neighbor, maybe some examples of how we've loved our neighbors lately, and put that out with replaying this episode for you. So um, I'm here with Bethann and Megan, and we're going to just chat for a second. So Bethann, you've been cooking a lot lately, <laughs> and I don't think it's for your own family. So what have you been up to? You're right. When I cook for other people, my kids eat corn dogs. There's <laughs> <laughs> that. They probably like that, though. Yeah. I did have to chuckle a little bit at myself recently when I was taking meals over because, yeah, then my own family was scrounging. You know? Yeah. But that's just part of it sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, really just like last week, um, we had one day where we didn't really have any plans and making meals for people is something that's just often on my mind. I think just because it's something I know I can do, um, it's easy, but it's effective in meeting needs Mm -hmm. and just, uh, in my opinion, a pretty easy way to care for others. Um, so I had had a friend's family that I had been wanting to take a meal to for some time, but just, you know, hadn't gotten around to it. And a lot of times that means just haven't really gotten intentional about like, this is the day I'm going to do it. So I, I said, you know, this day, Wednesday, I think it was, I have two families in mind. And so we're just going to knock those out on Mm -hmm. Wednesday. Like that is my goal for the day. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we made meals for two families that day. One was gluten-free, which I didn't have much experience with. (laughs) So that was fun. Um, a tip I got from that was rinse the noodles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time. I'm glad I read that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but anyway, so and they said it was delicious, so it must have worked out well because I hadn't really done gluten-free stuff before. But anyway, <laughs> all that to say, it was just a matter of getting intentional about setting aside that time, mm-hmm. and the kids like to help cook, so they're involved as far as that goes, and they see us go to the house, drop it off, mm-hmm. talk to the people, you know, so... Feeding people is mission work. I mean, we've got away from that a little Mm -hmm. bit. It used to be just like my grandma's age, you Mm -hmm. know, where you just brought casseroles. Mm -hmm. If someone's having a hard time, well, you're just there with a casserole or a cake or cookies. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just the church would come together and they would make Mm -hmm. food. And even sometimes Mm -hmm. with, like, funerals, churches will come and, like, do a full spread of food. It's Mm -hmm. like one less thing that you have to worry about with whatever you're going through. You all did that for me. Both of you did that for me when we had Mimi in hospice care. And it's like, you just kind of don't think about feeding yourself in that, Mm -hmm. in those seasons. And so I think that 
just the act of feeding people can just be mm-hmm. so good. And yes. not only just making the meals and that you were thinking about them, but the fact that you went out of your way to find a gluten-free recipe, to research that you need to rinse <laughs> off the noodles, to take to them, to include your kids. And um, Megan, you actually have invited neighbors in to eat with you too, right? Yes. So tell me about how you're serving in your neighborhood right now. Um. So it was a huge prayer of mine um, when the kids were little that God would just use me where I was at, you know, and I feel like he answered in a big way in the neighborhood that we live in. Um, I am surrounded by elderly on all sides, Mm -hmm. Um, literally back, front, side, side. Mm -hmm. So um, with that comes a lot of need and a lot of just like needs on your doorstep, which Mm -hmm. I'm really thankful for. Um, When I was thinking about it, I feel like anytime you have neighbors and you want to get close to them, I feel like it's, um, it's a heart posture of wanting to get to know people, Mm -hmm. seeing them outside, walking over, talking with them. Um, And then I feel like once you get to know them, the needs just come Mm -hmm. (laughs) naturally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, for some reason, I feel like it's harder to get to know people that are physically right next door Mm -hmm. than someone else like in the community. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. just that proximity. Mm -hmm. It's just something, it's more vulnerable. I don't know Mm -hmm. to just open yourself up because you're just a revolving door now. Like Mm -hmm. if they need something, they know where you're at and they can just come knock on the door. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the key with neighbors is that it, it is a heart issue of it's in their time and in their place is um, a lot of times it is an inconvenient time or Mm -hmm. when the kids are fighting or we're about to leave for something. Mm -hmm. And I think you just have to have a heart that makes time for that. You know, um, my neighbor, Weva, we're really close to. And, um, you know, I went over to her house the other day at 8.30 p.m. because I couldn't get there before then. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, you know, you pray and God will give abundantly in needs. So, um but, you know, anytime you serve, you, yeah. you get that joy back mm-hmm. yeah. 10 times over. For sure. Yeah. And including your kids. Like, your neighbors love your kids. Yes. And they get to see you serving your neighbors and serving the elderly and helping take care of them. And if there's a physical need that they can't do on their own, then you notice and you help. Mm-hmm. Um, and Megan's been a great example of that. Something that's a little different for that for us is living in the rural area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when you are in a neighborhood, you do see Mm -hmm. people out and about. And so that kind of breaks the ice. Um, And I am currently and have been for a while convicted about not really knowing my, our neighbors Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're far enough away where they can stay very private. And so can we, Mm -hmm. we can live there the next 25 years and never know them. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I, I feel, and this is probably Satan saying this to me some, that, they they don't they want to be left alone. Right. You know, they yeah. like it private. That's why they live here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to like be annoying. Right. Or be like, what? You think I can't fend for myself? Right. It's like, you know, like I will think they live here because they like to be private and they've never come to my door. You know? Right. Um, but I am still like I'm gonna do it one of these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. You know, we're gonna go over there and just mm-hmm. say hi or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I wave to the guy across the road, but and I send them a Christmas card. I did put some like candy and stuff in their mailbox once, but yeah. you know, in some ways, you know, it's even with the meal delivery too. Um, I can't like do Grubhub or mm-hmm. you know have it delivered, and I can't just drive ten minutes down the road. Like, you know, one of the meals I delivered the other day was like twenty five mi- twenty five minutes one way. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. so those obstacles do come into play. Yeah, um, but you have to. Like I said, set aside. That's why you have to set aside mm-hmm. some real time sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on your circumstances. Yeah. And none of this is to brag, obviously. We're just sharing. Well, I ask you point yeah. blank about it. Sharing mm-hmm. 
ideas yeah. and just experiences. So maybe you'll mm-hmm. be inspired to yeah. do the same. And your neighbors don't have to be physical next door neighbors either. You know, people that are just in your community, your school, your job, your kids daycare, like just wh- whoever's in that close proximity to you, like that mm-hmm. is your neighbor. If you live in a certain area, in a certain neighborhood, in a certain spot, like that is not on accident. God has put you there to be there for the people around you. Mm-hmm. So I want to say one more thing Yeah, <laughs> about you, Emily. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, and you said who your neighbor is right there. And sometimes that means the workers in your backyard. Oh. And when I got here, Emily was taking water bottles out to the workers in her yard, you yeah. know. And I'm pretty sure she's, like, jump-started a car for the workers in the yard before, <laughs> like, got a nail in her tire. Right. And, like, you know, it'll be inconvenient for you sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. But anyway, even, like, I feel it really... I think passionately about anyone who's coming in your mm-hmm. sphere, yeah. you know, like your, your home, your yard, yeah. um, you know, they're yours to serve. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jesus every interaction, every interaction is an interaction with Jesus. If they're interacting with you as a Christian. So like you're being a reflection of what you believe. Mm-hmm. So if I stood there at my window and watched <laughs> them drinking out of the hose because they were thirsty <laughs> and didn't do anything about it, like, what does that say about me mm-hmm. and like what I believe? And right. So yeah, I mean like yeah. give them water. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's like it's, a human instinct. Right. But. And, but it is those little things that, that end up showing the world how we are different you yes know? because people will stand at the door and mm-hmm. watch yeah mm-hmm. I think too like specifically with people hurting that you're trying to help needs with I feel like it's helped me to say I can bring you a meal Wednesday or Thursday because oh, I feel yes. like a lot of times mm-hmm. the people who are in a lot of need don't they are embarrassed for yes. the help or don't want to ask and so a lot of times I'll say I'm going to the grocery store what can I get for you yeah and um I feel like a lot of times if you don't really give people an out or ask mm-hmm. them if they need the mm-hmm. help but just say I'm, I'm gonna help it's yeah. Thursday mm-hmm. good right I'm coming Thursday to mow your right. lawn right I feel like that's helped me a lot with the mm-hmm. people who are really struggling yeah. and who really do need the extra help yeah that's really good mm-hmm. wisdom right there too yeah. because people are always gonna be like oh mm-hmm. no don't worry about me <laughs> yes and if you know someone that's recently had a baby or is going through a health crisis or just moved to your neighborhood and they don't know anyone. I mean, like there's so many people that you can serve around you and they're not going to come looking for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mallory was just a really good example of this. That's the reason we made her our first episode. Everything that she says is just so life-giving and you will just love her and her perky little <laughs> attitude and voice. She's so fun to listen to. So we hope that you enjoy this replay of season one, episode one, the Love Thy Neighbor episode. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people for God's glory and your good. We love to connect you with people you may be very familiar with and people you've never heard of before. We all have a story and we believe there is power in telling them and in listening to them. We are your hosts, Emily and Beth Ann. And this is the Glory Tellers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Glory Tellers podcast. This is a very exciting episode. It is our very first interview, and we have a special guest for you today. Her name is Mallory. She's been a friend of ours for years, and she is going to share a very unique story about something extraordinary that she is doing in her ordinary life, and we hope that you find encouragement through her story, and we know that you're going to love her. So without further ado, welcome, Mallory. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) we're so excited that you're our first interview you're the perfect person for this oh thank you it's it's a big (laughs) honor I'm really excited 
<laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start out just with you telling us a little bit about yourself and then we'll hop into your story. Okay. Um, I am Mallory and I'm a wife and mom and photographer and I live in Virginia. Um, I homeschool my kiddos part-time. They go to a university model school, which that's another story for another day. Um, and I just love fostering community right where I'm at in my life and just trying to help people the best I can every day. Awesome. So we've heard a little bit about your full life. You have a really full one. <laughs> so um, we just wanted to know a little bit more about how this story got started with Miss L, and we're going to use that for her privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just tell us a little bit more about how you met Miss L and how part of her story. So um, I live in a townhome community in Northern Virginia, um, and we live on like a little cul-de-sac, and we are a tight-knit neighborhood. I know all of my neighbors. My best friend is one of my neighbors and we're kind of known for like not stalking our neighbors, but we just know everything that's going on all the time. And <laughs> we're always outside with our kids playing. And um, about two years ago, an older woman moved in um, to a house on my row and we didn't really see much of her. We just kind of knew she lived there. We knew her name was Miss L. We just kind of waved as she came and went. Um, but back in May of this year, things, I would say they escalated a little bit. She started coming outside more, um, engaging me and my friend, Sarah in conversation. And we came to figure out that she, um, is struggling with dementia and was living in some pretty intense, um, paranoid states. If that makes sense. She had a lot of delusions, um, that we instantly figured out were not true. So we thought, man, you know, we need to help this lady. So we just kind of started asking her to come sit outside when we were watching our kids play and like get to know her story. So it happened pretty organically how I met her, but that's kind of where it started. Just being outside, seeing her walk around, figuring out, you know, I think she needs some help. And so that's how it all got started. Um, I know, you know, I know a little bit of your story already, and I've just been amazed at the things that you've been able to navigate through her care and what she needs. So can you tell us a little bit about like what that's looked like? Yeah. So basically when we met her in May, we knew she might need some help, but we kind of didn't know the gravity of the situation. Um, In June, she came outside. She kind of did that every day. She would come outside and find us and we would talk. And she told us that her water wasn't working, Um, which we thought was odd, but she told us a lot of crazy things that were not going on in her life that we knew of. But Sarah and I went inside and sure enough, her water was not working. So we thought that's, Mm -hmm. that's odd. Um, and we were able to, I think we found like some paperwork from the water company and we made a phone call with her there and she gave like verbal, verbal, um, confirmation that I could access her account. And we already had some checks that she had laying around. So we were able to go online and pay her water bill um, get it set up for auto pay. And the water company came out that afternoon to turn it back on. So Mm -hmm. that's when we realized she was pretty, pretty alone. Um, and she really had no one. And so it was kind of, I don't know. I feel like that was like the defining moment when we were like, we really need to step in and help her. Yeah. And I mean, what does she do about traveling and going to the doctor and groceries and all of that? Does does anyone help her with that? Nope. So that's, she, so this is in the thing 
to the store. Hold on a second. That cut out. Um, you know so, why? She why? called me. That's why. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Her time. I'm not going to edit that out because okay. I love the real lifeness of that. Here you are recording a podcast and she's calling you. She's calling okay. me. Um, I was so like, anyway. Yeah. So anyways, she also, I say that she called me. She cannot use her phone. We put a button on her phone's home screen that's my name and she clicks oh it. Okay. She can't. So we kind of, we'll answer the phone when she calls and she'll hang up. She can't use it. So we'll just walk uh, down there to talk to okay. her. Okay. So, oh, she left me voicemail. So I'll listen to that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It might say nothing. Who knows? Um, so yeah, just so I guess I'll give a little bit of background. She's only 78. So in, you know, normal terms, that's, that's not that old. You know, she's not like 120. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a tiny little frail thing. She's little. She weighs like 90 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, we came to find out really quickly that she didn't have any family. She never had children. She's a widow twice. Mm. She's twice oh, widowed. And she had a fiance at one point, um, but they had they made some bad financial decisions together. And that kind of landed her, I think, where she's at now. Okay. So just kind of like a sad slash tragic backstory. She's really struggling with like, her reality. She has no car, um, has no phone that she could really use. So after we set up her water bill in the summer, we realized none of her other utilities were getting paid. Um, yeah, she would kind of be outside with her mail and she would ask us to help her because she can't really see that well either. And we started seeing like overdue statements for all of her utilities. So Sarah and I sat down with the banking information that she gave us and we set up online accounts for every utility and set up auto pay for every utility. (laughs) So she, she was really struggling and just didn't know enough to know that she was. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it just knowing this story too, and knowing you, it's just been amazing to watch you just trudge through this and keep your positive mentality that we just, know and love you for. Um, but we're curious. So what has kept you going? Because I know even more recently, it's gotten really tough. Um, so just help us understand um, what's kept you going when it's gotten really hard. Um, and just you, you've talked a little bit about having some people around you and how that's also helped. Sarah is not only my neighbor, she's my best friend. And both of our husbands are in law enforcement. We're together a lot. We joke that she's my wife because I'm with her more than my husband. <laughs> um, but I think without her, I don't know that it would have gone this far. I don't know that we would have gotten as deep into her life without another person like holding us accountable and also for like our own safety dealing with, you know, another adult that has some issues going on. So I think mm-hmm. having the two of us together has really enabled us to help her more, if that makes sense. Um, Right. Yeah. And we have such a great neighborhood community. We also attend church together and have a great church community and people are always checking in on us. Um, So I think that's just really been key. And I'm trying to think what else. I think we have also had to find the humor in this. It's just, I touched a little bit on the fact that she's living in kind of like an alternate reality. Um, she just, the things that she comes up with that her brain is struggling to make any connection with can be somewhat hilarious. Well, what do you feel like um, helping Miss L has taught you and your family? Like have your, what have your kids said about it or had they taken note of, you know, how much she's around and the time you're spending with her and the things you're doing? 
for her. I would imagine that that's really laying some awesome groundwork for them, um, showing them by example, you know, how we can take care of others and we can take care of our neighbors. Oh, you're totally right. Um, they have really seen <laughs> it's daily, like the daily effort to go check on her and we bring her food, we bring her groceries, we have taken her grocery shopping. The kids, um, they love to make her artwork and she really, she loves them and she thinks that they are the cutest. Um, but lately, they are. They, <laughs> yeah. she she yeah. also thinks that I have like eight children because in the summertime, she's <laughs> always around. Oh. She just thinks they're fine. <laughs> so, which that was pretty funny. But as of late, as, as her brain kind of deteriorates, she's gotten a little bit um, like inappropriate, if that makes sense. Mm. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to like gloss over the hard parts of dealing with someone with dementia because lately when she comes to my door, which is usually once a day, the kids now know they they'll say hello, but then I say, you have to go play. They go to the mm-hmm. basement to play or they go to their rooms. Um, because lately she has a lot of, you know, troubles that she's working through in her mind and her mm-hmm. language is very foul. Um, yeah. She also can't hear my kids talk right now. So she thinks that they're not answering her. (laughs) And so she'll be a little rude to them. Um, But all that to say, they still will bring her artwork. It's up in her house. Their pictures are up in her house. And we've really, we are right now like the only family that she has, which as sad as that is, it's been good for my kids to see that, that, you know, through all of this, we're still going to help her and we're still going to go check on her. We had her over for dinner last night. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's been good for them to see all that. I mean, what a great example for them to watch you see your neighbor and actually act on it and do something about it and just foster that community and show them what it's like to love on others and just be the hands and feet of Jesus right there in your community. I think that you are just an amazing person. Um, so in this, thank you. What, (laughs) what has God taught you through this experience? Like Are there any verses that you have been clinging to any wisdom you feel like he's given you? If there's someone who's maybe in a similar situation with a caregiver or just in a difficult situation with uh, someone in their family with dementia or um, anything else that could apply here, Mm -hmm. do you have any wisdom that has helped you that you could give them? Uh, Yes. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned and just am still working on through this whole experience Um, is that I feel like obeying God is simple in theory, right? Mm -hmm. You just simply, you show up, you say yes when he asks something of you. But then I think for me, at least, it's the actions required of you to move forward in obedience with him that are often the most complicated. So when she shows up at my doorstep, sometimes I don't want to answer, you know, but and that sounds really harsh, but usually her timing is impeccable and I'm cooking dinner or homeschooling my daughter or working, or I'm on a phone call. So I think when I, you know, slow down and I listen to like the prompting that God's giving me, like just, it's as simple as just walk down and check on her right? or answer the phone, even if she's going to hang up on you or open the door. And I think just remembering that, you know, I don't have to be able to see the future for God to know that the little things that I'm doing matter. Right. Even when I feel like there's such little things, you know, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. It does. Right. Um, I so think like, yeah, it seems like a lot of people 
in our society don't want to be bothered. They -hmm. don't want the disruption. Um, It's really easy to keep your blinders on, stay in your lane and not worry about what's going on on the outside. And I feel like you're doing a really good job of even when it's hard and uncomfortable, really (laughs) tackling that head on with God's help and, um, you know, listening to that call. So I just think that that is so amazing of you and such a great example for all of us. Thank you. But I mean, truly, yeah, what you said, it's like all by God's grace and God's power, because the things that we've had to help her with, the conversations that Sarah and I both have had to have with her have been really hard, like this week. Um, and on Saturday, we had a really hard, like hour and a half conversation that ended with her sobbing. Sarah and I both crying. Mm-hmm. She was just wrecked because we were explaining that she really, she cannot live alone and we're trying our hardest to get her into an assisted living facility, but she, um, she has no power of attorney. She has no will. There's no one really with any like legal standing to help her in that way. So she's still on her own like recognizance. So we're trying to help her choose to move and she does not want to. And it was very, very sad um, so Sarah and I just had a really hard day with her and you could, I told Sarah later, I was like, Jesus was in the room with us. Like he knew what we needed to say. And yes, it was hard, but it had to be said. So we just kind of like have been clinging to that. Like no matter how hard it gets, like we just have to keep doing the next right thing to help her. I think it's amazing how you've just embraced the heart of this because it's just, you know, when God calls us to something, it's it's not a promise. It's going to be easy. Um, so, you know, just knowing you for a while, I know you've always been the friend that amazed me that you would drop everything and take people food. You'd take people coffee. You'd send people coffee, gift cards. You, you know, you just have always been so active in your hospitality. And I know that that's your love for Jesus. Um, <laughs> so, okay. A verse came to my mind as you were talking, I wanted to share. Um, Luke sixteen ten says that whoever is faithful with very little also will be faithful with much. I just, <gasps> Isn't I read that, that this morning. Did you? I did. I, oh my goodness. Like I have cold chills because I just feel like this is God being like, well done. You know, I mean, this is oh. big, but I trust you with this because I know you're going to come through for me with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so just way to go, girl. Well, we are so glad that you are our first interview. We just knew that you were the perfect person for this. And I know that everyone will be so blessed to hear the story. Um, What about where we can find you? Where can people find you that want to kind of follow along with you now? Because I'm pretty sure everybody's going to want to follow you and your infectious personality. You're sweet. Um, On Instagram, my Instagram handle is Mallory Gale Photography. And I share not only just like photography, I share real life stuff on there too. And that's kind of where I've fostered a little like community um, of friends and clients and family that I just love to share life with. I love that. And maybe we can put your handle in our show notes too, so that people can follow you and Miss L's story, because now everyone's going to know what happens next. Um, I know. Stay tuned. I don't even know. <laughs> we've decided that sometimes these episodes are probably going to be a little heavy. So we're going to end on a light note and put you on the spot and ask you two questions. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is very important. Okay. We need, we need to know what is your coffee order? Oh gosh. I feel like I'm probably really boring. (laughs) If I'm at home, I just put nut pods in it. Pretty dairy free. Um, but at Starbucks, I would probably just get like a grande dark roast with coconut milk. 
Oh, yummy. I know. Now, tell us one more thing. What is something okay. that you're just loving right now? It can be anything. A show, music, a book, anything. What are you loving right now? Oh, you know what I would love to say because it is the season for it. I would love to say The Bachelor, but I am not loving this season. So <laughs> oh, that. sorry. That's opposite. Um, can I say something real sweet that my husband has done for me this season that I'm like yes. truly loving right now? Yes, do. <laughs> um, he has been the one to say that once a month we're going to have a cleaning service come. <laughs> and God bless him because he's the one who talks to the cleaning lady coordinator and he'll tell me what day they're coming. <laughs> And what time they're coming. And he's been like the one to like leave out the little envelope with payment. So it's just really been like a huge blessing to me. And they just came, which is why I'm like looking at my kitchen. And it's it's just been a gift to me because he knows how stressed out I get when our house is messy. And not that I can't live with like, you know, the mess of life, but it just, it helps sometimes to have a clean house. So absolutely, (laughs) that frees you up to be able to do all this, you know? Yes. So Um, he's always, there's always people working behind the scenes to help. Help us help others. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank you for being with us. We're just so blessed to know you. And we want to end our time with you in prayer before we go, if you wouldn't mind us sending you off with a prayer. I would love that. Mm-hmm. All right. God, thank you for Mallory and her willingness to help her neighbor and for her turning her affection into action. Give her strength and wisdom. Help Mrs. L fill your presence through Mallory and others involved in her care. Help them both to know the truth of your word in Deuteronomy 31.8, that you have already gone before them and you have promised to be with them no matter what. You are trustworthy. You never fail or forsake us. So help us to not fear the future. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Mallory, you are such a treat. Thank you so much for being with us. And I think everyone else is going to be blessed by you and your story. Thank you all so much for having me. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Okay. Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us on the show today. We hope that you have been encouraged by the story you just heard. If you thought of someone that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Please subscribe to, review, and share our podcast. Do you or someone that you know have a story that we could share? Send us a message at glorytellerspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, don't forget to check the show notes for more resources. Mm